The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. JT just returned from MSC Seashore, and he's here to talk to us all about it. How you doing, my friend? Pretty good. How about yourself, buddy? I can't complain. I understand this was your very first MSC cruise, so a lot to unpack here. Before we get to the ship itself, we'll get some pre-cruise thoughts. You live here in Florida. What made you want to do this seven-nighter on seashore? My wife couldn't go with me because of her work schedule, so I went with uh, Matt and Kimbra, some travel agent friends of mine, and and uh, we went and had a good time. Very cool. So you're in Florida and you make your way down to Port Miami. How was the embarkation process on MSC Seashore? That was a little, it was a little challenging. Maybe that's a good word or just a little bit different. So we made a joke about it while we were in line. We called it, you know, MSC Cruise Line, you know, (laughs) bringing the line in Cruise Line or something like that. You know, something, something funny because you get to the terminal and this was our experience. You get to the terminal, and outside the terminal is a line that zigzags, I want to say, four or five times. And then you get to the door, and you're like, ah, air conditioner. And then it's another four or five times. Then you go through security, and then you get another line to an area that has the desks where you check in. And for them, they were good in this aspect. They had like 40 desks to go to, which is unheard of. But line, line check in and then you go upstairs and then you're another line. So it was a little strange in that aspect, but once you get on the ship and it, it the it's a little classy. It's got the the like stainless steel or the chrome. It's got crystal. So it's a really nice looking ship. But from when we walked up to the that first line to the time we stepped on the gangway, it was like an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of time for embarkation, but you made your way on the ship and you said it looked very, uh, very classy. Was, that was your first impressions? Yeah. And I'd seen some, some other videos and some pictures of, of their vessels. And that's, that's what I kind of anticipated. And I got that, you know, a little bit of glitz, a little bit of glamour, a little, as I said, a little bit of bling, but not over the top. It mm. was clean looking, crisp looking, shiny, uh, very nice. The design was really nice. So let's you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have throughout your week on board the ship? And what were your thoughts of it throughout the week? I had a balcony on deck 15. They give them some names. I, I can't remember the name, but it was like they're supposed to be their highest balcony room. And by talking to the people, guest services, it kind of seems like it's their standard balcony, honestly, because they said, you know, look, 70% of the rooms on the ship had that same design, that same layout. But the room itself was really nice. They had artwork in the room. The balcony had two chairs and a little, I guess it would be a, a leg, uh, I don't know, a stool for your leg or whatever. 
uh, we were able to sit three people on those chairs and that and that leg rest very comfortably and still be able to move about. The only downfall to the room, in my opinion, was you know the the design of the of the room. It looked really pretty. It was a little tight though overall in the bathroom. The shower had a glass door, but it was just a little bit corner ish. I don't know how to say it, but it was it was just designed a little weird. The bathroom was a little tight, but the room overall I thought was gorgeous. It has one of those round, kind of, I guess, half rounded, like uh, almost like a, one of those old bank teller tubes, right? The MSC showers, or am I thinking of a diff- different ship? No, this one was so like walk in the main door of the cabin, bathroom is on the left. And you step up like you all do in all bathrooms, mm-hmm. and you just get a you just kind of get a feeling like okay, this is a little tight. Gotcha. And, but right when you enter the bathroom, the shower is right there on the left, and it's not it's not oval, it's not round, it's got you know angles like like a regular shower, I guess. But it's just uh, the shower head isn't on the back wall; it's kind of to the right a little bit. It's just designed a little bit different and a little, a little bit tight. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a big guy. So it just made it, it did make it a little bit difficult. I could, I could shower, but between that and the, the, the commode being a little off kilter and having to adjust for it a little bit as a big guy, it just made it a little bit difficult. But like I said, this was a, a comp cruise. I, I only paid my taxes and fees. It didn't impact me that much. Yeah, good yeah. I think that, I think actually the new Royal Caribbean class ships are the ones that have kind of the um, half circle, almost like you're going into a, a water slide or something. Uh, one of those oval doors you step into. Um, but yeah, very cool. Let's talk about the dining on board this ship, the buffet area first. How was the marketplace up there, and the food and the flow and everything like that? So I will take a step back from that a little bit. What I thought the the cruise line itself, what was different when for and you see it from the very beginning, the crowd or the target market for MSC, it's apparent to me was an international market, meaning there weren't a lot of Americans and, and I don't care about that, but I just want you know your listeners to understand and, and to know that it's not a bunch of American people. It's people from all over the world, diverse group of people. They make announcements in five or six different languages, not just English or Spanish. So you have to you have to know that and just enjoy it. So I'll go to the buffet, and and I said that because the buffet is a very much international buffet. It's kind of it's not like if you go on some other cruise lines to where they just target Americans. They have pastas, they have pizzas, they have European food uh, or or and or Spanish food, Italian food from all over the world. And it was ginormous. There were multiple stations. They had a, I won't call it a bar because it's not a bar. You can't get like hard liquor there, but you can get sodas, juices, wine, and beer in the buffet, literally like right at in one of the buffet stations. I thought the food was really, really good. I thought the pizza was excellent. Um, they had a, a mac and cheese that my friend Kimbra just absolutely loved. And I had the mac and cheese, but it had some kind of beef concoction in it. I don't know what it was, but it was really good. The buffet was excellent. Excellent. Now, with this ship, there's quite a few main dining rooms because of just the sheer amount of people that MSC Seashore holds. Um, How was the main dining experience and what time dining did you have? 
So we had early dining. We're early diners. Here is where, I, in my opinion, I kind of thought that they struggled a little bit. Some of the offerings I thought were a little different because, like I said, they're not targeting only Americans. They're targeting an international market. But, like, so the first night, which I was different to me, on the first night's menu was prime rib. And I, I personally can't remember there being a prime rib on that first night. Usually they kind of work up mm-hmm. to a prime rib and a seafood, but it was on that first night's menu and it was excellent. Matt had an Indian dish that he really, really liked. So, you know, that first night, the, the main dining room was excellent. But the second night, it was kind of a miss. The flavors weren't there. The offerings, you know, kind of weren't, I guess in my words, just weren't, weren't, I weren't, I wasn't interested in it, but we went there anyways. And I think my travel partners kind of felt the same way. So I kind of thought it was a hit and miss. I will say this though. There's a couple things in the main dining room that MSC does really, really well is it's, it's pasta in the main dining room. Their pasta is handmade. The buffet, you know, it's mass produced and it's really good, but it's not handmade. Mm -hmm. So their pasta dishes in the main room are excellent, really good. And I did eat a lot of pasta while I was on that ship. But main dining room was kind of hitting this. Like an A one night, you know, a C the next night, an A the next night, and then the next night was another C. You know, it was just, it was sporadic in the main dining room, I thought. How was the service on that as far as, you know, a lot of cruise lines are experiencing staffing issues right now? I don't know if they had staffing issues, but like in the main dining room, the, the service was great. Our room steward, the service was excellent. Where we had a little bit of problem, and it was mostly on that first day, so I get it a little bit, but we experienced it once or twice throughout the cruise too, the bar service. So that main, that that deck where they, I think it's on deck eight, where they have the pool and they have a pool bar and it's enclosed, They we, we sat there for like 15, 20 minutes and couldn't even get a, a bartender to acknowledge us. So we we found a couple bars that we really liked, and we just kind of revisited those all week long and and never had a problem. I got you. Any restaurants outside of the main dining room and buffet, like any specialty venues you did throughout your selling? I can't remember the name, but we did do the taco, the Mexican, I think it's uh, something taco. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But I will say this, you know, I've traveled a lot throughout Mexico. Not just on cruises, but, you know, Baja, California, uh, the mainland, Mexico City, Guadalajara. And the food that they make, the flavor profiles, you know, it's the normal burrito, taco, enchilada. But they had a few things with a little bit of ingredients that reminded me of like an old, old style uh, uh, Mexican food. It was really good. Now, they do a a la carte or an all you can eat. And the all you can eat was like seventeen ninety nine. I'll pay $17.99 for, to be able to try really good old school flavors of Mexican food. You get a taco, you get a burrito, you get an enchilada, you get some uh, really good queso dip with chorizo. Just kind of taste all the flavors. And I, I really, I think we all really enjoyed that restaurant. I think it's called, at least on MSC Maravilla, it's called, um, was it Ola Taco? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, it's a pretty pretty solid place there. Yeah, very good. Um, outside of the Taco Shack, anything else? No, we didn't really do anything food-wise outside. The only other thing that we probably 
food-wise, really looked forward to was, and they didn't really have it, was soft-serve ice cream. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, they do have like a steak restaurant and stuff like that. But they, I, I really felt, in my opinion, it was a little overpriced because it was like for the steakhouse, it was $99 a person to eat at the steakhouse. Whoa. And that didn't offer, you know, like if you go to Rudy's on Mardi Gras or Fahrenheit 555 and, you know, the, the uh, a ribeye, you know, that, that's a, on a, on a, on a specialty dining res- restaurant, the ribeye is commonplace. Mm-hmm. But if you want a ribeye or a New York strip, you got to pay another $30 on top of your $99. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we just, we just said, you know what, we're okay with the maid dining room and the buffet. But not having, you know, being that we're Carmel fans, not having that soft serve ice cream readily available, you know, because you, you asked about food. That's that's a food to me. You know, that's a, a food group. Uh, <laughs> we only had it twice the whole week, and they offered it at the at the buffet uh-huh. at a lunch or dinner time. But they, there's no you, you get gelato, and I think that was a couple bucks. Well, there wasn't any inclusive ice cream or anything like that. But gotcha. overall, yeah, food, food was good. You mentioned that they were targeting an international crowd on this cruise. So how was the entertainment? Because obviously, if it's an international crowd, there's always a language barrier there with, uh, you know, whether it be comedy shows or what have you. I'm glad you asked that. First, we found the Cabaret Theater, and it's a multi-level music venue. And we went in there one night, the kind of early on in the cruise, and there was a, a cover band, and, and they were pretty good. And then we went another night and saw a Michael Buble guy and he did all Michael Buble's hits and that was really good. And then we went and saw that other group again, doing a more current song selection. And that was really good. So we went to the main theater one night and it was, it was like supposed to be like music that made America or something like that. And it was a little off. So, you know, I would have thought, you know, here I am on a cruise and guy comes out and chaps singing John Denver, right? So interesting, but it was John Denver with an Italian accent. It was just a little diff. It was different. But some of the shows were those Broadway shows. They just, I think they missed to me because a lot of the other crowds were like clapping and having a great time. And I didn't have a bad time. It's just someone singing John Denver with an Italian accent just was a little off to me. Yeah, it was, uh, gosh, I I thought the same thing, man. I think it was like called like road trip America or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, we actually left because I'm like, what the hell are we sitting through right now? This is not, this is not lived up to the hype at all. (laughs) It was different coming from carnival and and Royal or NCL and they target Americans. You know, I'm not trying to be rude. You know, that's where we're at. Right. And I enjoyed speaking to people from other countries a lot. That's why I travel. But the musical that was supposed to be about a tribute or a road trip in America, and the guy comes out singing John Denver and it just doesn't, it just, it just didn't go off very well. Yeah. Well, I guess my thing is with them too is, and I think they have beautiful ships. It's just that they target an international audience, but they also spend a lot of money targeting Americans and especially first time yeah. cruisers where um, if you go on to that line, you may think things are a little different and it might turn you off for cruising. Or if you're a second time cruiser and you're not, um, what do they say? I guess traveled, well-traveled or cultured and you go on there, 
you could think like, what the heck did I get myself into? You know? No, you're, you're, you're right. And, and an example on what you're saying is I, I have a customer who books with me for a couple, two or three times a year. And I had just gotten off the seashore and I wanted to, you know, tell them about it. And they were traveling with family and friends. And although the money, the, the cost of the cruise was very, very uh, interesting to them because it's a little bit less than some of the other cruise lines. But once I was telling them about my experience, they're like, you know, this might be a good cruise for, for the two of us, but for the, like having four rooms and, and people who haven't traveled a lot probably isn't a good idea. And I was like, you know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how about outside of the main stage theater, like the, the bars and by the pool and stuff, how was the entertainment um, around the ship during the day and night? So there was a lot of music being played, but I will say this. Every time that there was an announcement, like I said, five, six, seven different languages. So an announcement would go on for, you know, close to 10 minutes. And, and you know, you could be listening to something and it get interrupted with, you know, an announcement in multiple languages. It just at times it made it difficult. But there was always something going on, activity going on, music going on. I did feel that it was lively. Right. You know, mm-hmm. people were having a good time. And that, that's important to me. I don't, I don't want to be on a cruise and everybody's kind of ho-hum. You know, it, it was good. Did they make, um, because they're doing the announcement in so many languages, for instance, on my last carnival ship, I mean, they I think they talked a little bit too much, like maybe probably 10 announcements a day. Were mm-hmm. they kind of limited on MSC Seashore because of how long each announcement was? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of felt the same thing. I don't know if it was 10, you know, but you were in that five to 10 area, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, let's talk about the sea days on board the ship. How were they as far as crowds and congestion? And did you get any information on how full the ship was? So on sea days, and we had a few sea days, I felt that the ship was at capacity or really close to capacity, but I think that it flowed really well Again, you know, you and I spoke earlier this year, like the Mardi Gras and the design, how shopping isn't down that one hallway. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of their shopping is centralized in one area, but they did have a couple other places, you know, up on a different deck. So I think they balanced it out a little bit. I do think that some of their spaces were underutilized, especially the outside spaces. Meaning that they would have a, a, a that one, I can't think of the deck. I want to say it's eight, seven or eight, I think. It goes around a, a really big, a large majority of the ship. But there were like some nooks that had chairs in them that just didn't make a lot of sense and people didn't sit there. So I felt it flowed really well. Just I think some of those outdoor spaces especially weren't utilized right or just not utilized at all. Just threw some chairs there and went on the next thing. Yeah. What about uh, as far as like dining the buffet or wherever you eat during sea days for lunch? Was it, did they manage the crowds well? I think they did. The first day, it was a nightmare, but that's normal. I I understand that. I get that. But throughout the cruise, they would have multiple stations open. Either like, you know, they would have one in the front of the buffet, one in the back of the buffet on one, you know, two on one on each side, basically. And then uh, desserts in the middle. So they, they really, they, they had a lot of 
availability open so that everybody wasn't stepping on each other. Now, having the bar there, though, probably at times did cause a little bit because I, I will say this: some of those international, that some of that international crowd would drink a lot of beer, mm. <laughs> and, it, and and so that that bar would get a little crowded. But you could just go the other side and avoid that. So it, it flowed well, pretty good, pretty well. Yeah. That's one thing about that ship too is that. I don't know if this happened to you or not, but I still, I couldn't get my bearings straight after four days. I was still like, where in the heck am I? <laughs> I'm like, there's like, cause it's like 20, 23 decks, I think, or something like that. It's wild. It's like size wise, it's comparable to Mardi Gras. It's mm-hmm. not Oasis big, but it's big and it's really pretty, but I'm like yourself. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. Any cruise ship, I kind of get a little, I don't, I guess I don't have a bearing, I guess. And when I'm with my wife, which is most of the time, she's my navigator. She, yeah, we go around this corner, up a deck, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Well, Kimbra was is the same way. She has like this memory of where everything is on the ship. So I just depended upon, upon her to get me where I wanted to be, and she was 100% accurate. Nice. That, that that works. So yeah. it's good to have someone like that in the group. So the casino, Definitely. as far as like the smoke situation in and around the casino, how was that? Because I know there's also like there's that chocolate coffee shop place right there by the casino. Also, um, a couple of bars and piano bar and stuff all around the casino there. So was the smoke heavy yeah. in that area? No smoking allowed in the casino. And I was like, wow, which surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. No smoke in the casino. I was shocked. Now, on the outer decks where they allowed the smoke, there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of smoking going on, but none in the casino. So if you're a gambler, that is the one for you. That's the ship for you. There is no smoking. It was it was pretty cool. Interesting. Okay. Very good. So yeah. let's talk about the ports of call on this seven night cruise. So what we'll do here is give us the first one, give us a highlight, and then we'll move on to the next one. Okay. So our first port was Ocho Rios, Jamaica. And I had heard a lot of mixed reviews about Ocho Rios. So I, I have never gone there. So we, we got into port and we took this excursion by MSC. And it was a river tubing excursion. And so, you, you know, you, you get to, onto the bus and they take you into these winding roads. And some of these roads are a little, little tight, you know, some hairpin turns. And, you know, they, the, the guy joked about your, your butt massage because it's a bumpy road. But you get to this place, and it's out in the jungle. And, you know, you if you take anything, you need to rent a locker, and the locker's $10. And they try to get you to to buy their, their water shoes that are like $20. So it's, there's a little bit of money for them to make there. But it was beautiful, and there's – cats around there's chickens around so you're out in the middle of the jungle and it's pretty we get suited up with a life vest and a helmet and we get back on the bus and we go in this little ride and we get in this this river and and they they joked that it was not cold it's refreshing and it was it was quite refreshing it was it was pretty chilly but it was very nice the water was blue and clear i felt safe because i I had always heard that kind of Jamaica isn't the safest place, but I felt safe. I, my travel companions, I, we talked about this. I know they felt safe. And it was 
I won't say lazy river, but there were some portions that were kind of slow and lazy river-ish. And there were some parts that were some rapids. And there was a couple points where these guys were standing on a rock in the middle of the river trying to sell you Red Stripe, their local beer, but they didn't bother you. And if mm-hmm. you didn't seem interested, they, I'm uh have a good day, you know, just relaxed. And, and that excursion on that river was, I was probably one of the best excursions I ever, ever did. And I would definitely do it again. That is creative though. Um, selling the uh, Red Stripe beer in the middle of the river. <laughs> well, there was some Jamaican brownie comments too, but oh, I yeah, just I'm didn't. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was okay. There was no pressure, you know, that's what I, I had always heard, you know. So like I, I uh your buddy Tommy, he had talked about this, you know, a year ago or so. And, you know, he said there was some pressure about that, but I, I never felt that pressure. And so maybe maybe if you're there on a on a Tuesday, they maybe they put more pressure on a Tuesday and maybe we were there on a Friday and there was no pressure. You know, it just it was okay to me, you know, I, I didn't feel overpressured. Gotcha. The next stop was Grand Cayman. I didn't do anything in Grand Cayman. Uh, Matt and Kimbra went scuba diving, and they took some video of uh, you know fish and and other stuff. But I, I walked over to there with them, and I came back and did a little bit of shopping and just just walked around the town. And I'm a people watcher, and so I was watching the people in the of the area do their work and just you know have having a good time working. Now these, you know, some of these guys were doing some construction stuff and you could just, they smiled. That's a hard job. And, you know, here they are smiling, cracking jokes. Yeah. And then I went back on the ship, you know, waiting for them to come back. But I know we're going back there again next year and we're going to probably get out into the community a little bit more and see what, what uh, the Cayman Islands have to offer. But it was, it seemed like a really accessible area. And there was a lot of stuff in walking distance. So that that was pretty cool. You didn't have to get on a bus and go somewhere. If you just wanted to relax and get some food, get some local food, everything was pretty close, I thought. Okay. And then after you came in? Uh, Cozumel. We actually took a taxi to Chuckanob. Uh, taxis have gone up a little bit. It was like $20, $23, I think. Okay. So, you know, a little bit. I think it, like five bucks it's gone up. But nonetheless, nonetheless, he got us to the resort. I had never been there. We went there to eat, you know, because you get you pay for the you can either just go and access, you know, like the beach and stuff and the food. But we we wanted to do the the tequila tasting and that was really good. And we did snorkeling that day. I think it was a little bit cooler. It was a little bit of wind and some rain, so it just made the, the snorkeling a little bit more. It made it a little bit difficult. So then we went to the buffet, and I think you know the buffet was okay. You know, it wasn't anything to me. It wasn't anything special, but I got some food. I got something to drink, so I, I was happy. Uh, then we just walked around, walked around um, the property, taking pictures of some birds, some lizards. You know, just enjoying the day. Yeah, it's a cool little area over there. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. after Cozumel, was it um, Ocean Key? Yes, and in April uh, we had gone to Perfect Day. Perfect day. I, I, I think perfect day is gorgeous. You know, it's it's a great location. I think, you know, they had already, you know, Royal had already been there and they had added on to what they had there. When MSC built Ocean K Reserve, you know, they took a, a dumping zone, basically, and added more sand to it and grew this location. 
And when they opened it a couple years ago, you know, the vegetation wasn't mature. So then, then the shutdown, you know, I'll talk about the shutdown. It's had a little bit of time to mature. There's grass. The trees are a little bit bigger. I was really impressed with Ocean K. I've been to a couple private locations. This has been my favorite private island to date. The snorkeling, we snorkeled two or three different beaches for hours. We saw fish. We saw coral. We saw, boy, I, I think uh, Matt might have saw some squid, might have saw octopus, just some different things that you don't always see. At one point, I was on the beach just relaxing, and they like waved to me to go over there. So I got my gear, and I went back in there, and we sat for 20, 30 minutes in the, in the middle of a school of small fish, bait fish is what, you know, I'm a fisherman, you know, just, just small fish. And they were going crazy because the barracuda and the blue jacks were schooling them up and just watching these fish, you know, one by one kind of getting picked off. But we sat there for 20, 30 minutes just watching this. And it was just so cool to be in the middle of all that. They have the lighthouse on the one side of the island, kind of close to the ship, that it isn't really – it looks like a lighthouse, but it, at the nighttime, they put a LED light show there. But there they have a bar, and you can get, you know, wings and salads and burgers there. So, you know, Kimber and I sat there. You know, Matt kept diving, and Kimber and I sat there for quite a few hours, you know, just talking, enjoying the breeze, looking at the ship, having a couple of drinks, talking to people. It's just a really great location, you know, kind of out there on its own where you can see the view of the island. You can see the ship. You can see the ocean. It's just a real great location. And then we, I want to say we left at almost 9 o'clock. But to top off a really great day, they do, a, like I said, they do a light show on the lighthouse. I won't say it's kind of Disney-esque, but it's something different that you I've never seen at a private island like that before. It's just a little like the finishing touch on a really great day. It was really nice. Yeah, that is a really cool island with all the different like lagoons and things like that. And if you're in the MSC Yacht Club, you have your own private beach and little areas back in the back corner of the island and tons of like food trucks and things like that. And a nice little, yeah, they, they really, they really did it well. It's a, it will take you a little while if you want to walk from one end to the other of it, but they have that tram system to uh, avoid all of that, but you're right. I was very impressed. My, I've actually been there three times now, and it's cool to also see the vegetation continuing to grow. And I, I was a little, I was leery of that, but I didn't think about, okay, it's been a couple years, you know, two, two and a half years since they, they released the island. And yeah, there's grass and there's other ground vegetation. There's birds on the island. I liked it a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, I, I think uh, Perfect Day is gorgeous. But, you know, there, there's a water park in the middle of it. And then that's great for families and kids. But if I want to relax, it's, it is difficult to just chill out a little bit because there's beaches that you can go to. But you're always hearing, you know, them doing, ah, you know, the kids having a great time. Here, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more low key. And I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. I mean, it's all subjective, right? Like some people might yes. love yes. Uh, Ocean Key and hate Perfect Day or hate 
half moon key and love perfect day or whatever. You know, it's a, yeah, it it depends on what kind of traveler you are. So you make your way back to Miami because you're only like less than 60 miles away from Port Miami when you're at uh, MSC's private island there. So how was the debark process the next morning? So, you know, here I am. I'm the early riser, right? You know, I get up early every day and we dock. And I step out of my balcony and like, oh, Miami, you know, the cruise is over. But I'm, I'm, I've had a great time. And I look, and I'm like, this doesn't look right. This doesn't look familiar. And I was right. So when we embarked, we embarked at Terminal E. When we disembarked, we were at Terminal C. It is what it is, right? But I, I never heard any communication, never an announcement about it. So when we got off the ship, we did our self-disembark. I'm like, where do we go? And they're like, yeah, you go down two terminals. It's a five-minute walk. I'm like, okay, cool. No, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> but but it, it, it is what it is. You know, we got in our truck and came back home. Yeah, but they shouldn't have told you it was a five-minute walk if it wasn't. My thing, honestly, was the walk didn't bother me. It was the lack or the or no communication. Right. Hey, guys, you know what? The port's busy today. We had to use Terminal C. Okay. I would have been, let's walk walk our butts to our car. You know, but uh, yeah, I was a little bothered that he didn't communicate it to us. Was your cruise director, um, Andre, or whatever his name is, he likes dark hair guy, English, likes to smile? I'll be honest. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it was, I don't know if he was English. He kind of sounded to me like the Flying Scotsman a little bit. Okay, gotcha. Over on the, on Carnival. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, you make your way off the ship. You're looking back at your vacation now. Any first-time tips to offer someone either sailing MSC Seashore or going to their private island? So I would you know, go in with, with an open mind. You're going on a cruise. You're going to have a really good time because we did. We had a great time. It's just a little bit different than what we're used to, Carnival, Norwegian, and, and Royal. It's just a little bit different. The safety presentation is kind of a combination of new and old. And I say that because you go to, they, you, you get on board, you go to your buffet, you deal with those. If you're, you know, a smart elevator, that first day is not so smart because nobody has, has knows how to use them, but you figure that out and you go do your thing. But then they make an announcement time to go to your room to watch the safety video. Oh, okay. So we'll go to your room and you watch this three, four, five minute safety video. When it's over, they make an announcement. You have to dial, I think it was like 881 to let us know you've watched the video. Oh, okay. So I dial 881. And then they make an announcement again. It's time to watch the video. So I watch the video. Then they make the announcement. I dial 881. Then they say, okay, we're going to release you by deck so that you can go to your, your, um, what is the word? I can't think of it. To your zone. Help me out here. Muster station. So, there you go. Thank uh. you. Your muster station. And no problem. You go to your muster station, you scan your card, you go on. Right? But it's just, like I said, it's a combination of new and old. Hey, at least you're not on the deck, you know, either freezing your butt off or dying of heat exhaustion. It's just a little bit different. The private island it is totally chilled. It is totally relaxing. If you want to snorkel and swim, snorkel and swim. If you want to sit at a bar and have a beverage, sit at the bar and have a beverage. If you want to sit at the beach and enjoy the sun, 
It's all about whatever it is that you want to do. It's a great location to to relax and have fun. It's nice to have a dock there so you don't have to tender back and forth too. That yeah, that was really nice. And it's not it's not uber far either, the dock, and then you could go right there to the left because the beach, the first beach is is right there. If you're a hundred yards from the ship, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. And being so close, I'm thinking, okay, the water's probably not clear. No, the water's crystal clear yeah. right there by the ship. So that was like the first place we snorkeled and kind of just worked our way around a lot of the island going from beach to beach. At one point, I will be back to that island for sure. Yeah, it's it's a nice place, that's for sure. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? Three things. The buffet, that buffet is really good. Ocean K and that tubing excursion in Jamaica. Cool. Enjoyed all of it. And your final thoughts of MSC Seashore? I think that once we pulled up uh, on embarkation day and saw one, the size and the, the lines and just how pretty the ship was and got inside, it was even prettier on the inside. Just enjoy yourself. Be open to a new experience because it is different than anything I've ever done cruising wise. But just be open to new experiences, a lot of different food and, and enjoy yourself. We've been talking with JT about his seven-night cruise on MSC Seashore, a Western Caribbean sailing out of Port Miami. JT, thank you so much for this information and sharing all this knowledge with us. You have a good one, my friend. You too, man. Thank you. You have questions. We have answers. Get the whole story on cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, Give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.